We're all on a journey through this life, and that journey can be quite difficult. It can be extremely hard when we have more questions than answers, especially when it comes to our faith in God. Even though we're on a journey of life, we don't have to do it alone. Join us for the podcast, The Journey, posted fresh on all popular podcast platforms every Sunday morning. Or you can go to the toughquestionsforgod.org website. Thanks, and we'll see you then. Well, welcome back to The Journey Never Alone. I'm uh, Joe Bevan, and I'm a pastor of Rosebush United Methodist Church. My name is Ray Francis. I'm the clergy at Farwell United Methodist Church. And this whole podcast series uh, is all designed for us to look at our life in Christ and how to make it relative, to look at some of the, you know, difficult issues of the Christian faith, as well as the ones that we encounter all day long and every single day. So, you know, again, if you have questions or you have issues or you have even topics that you want Ray and I to talk about, we're all ears. So just online, just send us an email and, and we'll go from there. And you can do that on the toughquestionsforgod.org website if you want to use that email and so forth. And today we have a special guest, don't we? Today we have a special guest, uh, Bishop David Bard. And he has one of those titles that I will let you introduce yourself if that's okay. Sure, I'm, I'm glad to. So I'm David Bard. I'm the bishop for the United Memphis Church um, in the state of Michigan. And bishops in the United Methodist Church are charged with a number of uh, responsibilities. Um, uh, among those is appointing pastors to their places of service. Uh, unlike some other denominations uh, where the church basically cares for that whole process with a, perhaps a, a little help from the denomination in the United Methodist Church, it's the, the bishop working with superintendents in consultation with pastors and churches who... Uh, brings pastors and churches together. Um, we always do that prayerfully in, in the hopes that uh, those appointments are places where pastors flourish and, and ministries of churches uh, grow and expand in, in helpful ways. It's, uh, other than that, there's a, there's a lot of administrative things involved with being a bishop. Uh, I enjoy opportunities like this where we get to talk about um, the Christian faith and how it's meaningful in people's lives and how we can share that with others. So thank you for the invitation to be with you today. Awesome. Thank and you. Welcome. We are so glad to have you. We are. As a part of the this whole idea, we wanted to ask you just a few questions about, for example, what do you see as the future of the church with respect to developing more engagement, more participation from young adults, uh, middle-aged adults, how do we get more people kind of things? Well, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think, you know, I, I start with the premise, and I think all of us who are followers of Jesus start with the, the premise that the love and grace of God we know in Jesus is something that is for everyone, and we'd like to share that with everyone. We think that lives are... Um, somehow incomplete in some ways without knowing God's love and, and grace. And so we do think we've got something to share that, that matters to, to every person, regardless of, of age. 
and what's going on in, in their life. At the same time, you know, we, we, we think Jesus is the answer to some of our deepest questions, but the exact form those deepest questions take um, varies from time and place. You know, that I mean, so, you know, we ask questions now about, um, well, how does a follower of Jesus deal with issues in social media? Um, when, when I was growing up, um, you know, I still dialed the telephone. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing you, you, you guys did too. So, uh, you know, we had those, you know, th- there's just different, different issues that come up in people's lives depending on, the, on you know, the context and what's going on in the, in the wider society. So I, I do think that the, the deeper questions come in some different forms, and yet we also think that somehow the, there's an answer in God's love and grace in Jesus Christ. So, you know, what we want to try to do is, is communicate in ways that are relevant to people who may be different generationally. And yet our human experience isn't so diverse that there's not some common, perhaps some kinds of common challenges as, as we grow and mature as human beings. And so I think, you know, wanting to share God's love and grace begins, I think, with listening deeply. What are the questions people are asking younger people? Where, where are the hurts? Where are the challenges? What, what are they experiencing? And, um, and, and listening really well, um, not coming with something just easily prepackaged, but, but listening and, and to, to trying to understand where their hopes and dreams and hurts are and, and then talking about how it is we think God's love is relevant to that. Thank Wonderful. you. Yeah, thank you for that. Having been around sort of as long as you've been in your office, one of those things that I would say is that listening has been a theme of yours as you have progressed in your leadership. And um, thank you. And I've always found it encouraging and I've always found it uh, just instilling that idea of how do we listen to people and then take action about things. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. How, How can young adults, do you think, Kind of be brought to and encouraged to be a part of the church movement. What do you think we need to do? Yeah, thank, thanks for that question. And let me just add a little, a little appendix to my last. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I think it's also important as as we're listening as as Christians in this Methodist stream of the Christian faith. Um, you know, we take we are learning about Christianity as John Wesley is a central figure to Methodism. And, and John Wesley believed that God's grace could be at work in people's lives even before they were aware of it. Um, you know, he used that term, provenient grace, Absolutely. which uh, probably isn't an opening line in any conversation you want to have with anybody, uh, unless they've been Methodist for a while. But, but that, so, so as we're listening, I think we not only listen so that we can come in with an answer, but we can also listen for how it is God's already been a part of that person's life before we were part of that conversation. So even as we think we've got something to share, there are times when we also receive grace in those conversations. So there's a mutuality about those conversations that I think is always, always important. Um, so we don't come across as just, we've got all the answers and <laughs> we're just waiting to till you finish talking so I can jump in with my answers. There really is a sense in which the, the listening is deep and we learn while while we listen. Um, you know, for younger people, it, part of the probably part of one of the limits of my office is I don't have as much opportunity 
as I once did when I was a pastor, to, to listen to um, as many voices from people across the, the age spectrum. It's not that I don't get a chance to listen to, to younger people. I do, but often they're in the conversations are more hit and miss, not kind of longer, deeper conversations, um, the kind that you're able to have as pastors. And, and frankly, I, I miss some of that kind of yeah. um, ministry that I had as a, as a pastor. But I think young people want a faith that both helps them navigate what's going on in their, in their personal lives and a faith that also helps them understand what's going on in the wider world and encourages them to address some of the larger, larger issues in, in the world. I think even though those topics can be challenging to talk about, I think if we're not willing to help people understand that Christian faith is relevant to conversations about, about race and about climate, those kinds of issues are, are on the minds and hearts of a lot of younger people I, li- I listen to. Sure. And um, they want the church to care about the wider world as well as care about individuals. That's quite a change from times past in a way, isn't it? I, you know, I think so. I mean, I, you know, we often talked about, um, you know, asking people about their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That matters. That mm-hmm. I, I'm not. I don't want to eliminate that question. That that matters deeply. And I think people want to know. Well, so I have this relationship with Jesus. What does it What does it mean in in a world where you know at least at least this the scientists I, I listen to or, or hear most are saying, you know, the, the climate is changing and human beings have something to do about that, something to do with that and can do something about that. Um, it's a much more, I don't know, so I think the world is, our country is more diverse. The world has always been diverse. It's just we're much more knowledgeable about it. Um, you know, with the accelerating communications, we're we're much more aware of the the world around us. And how do we, as people, deal with that kind of diversity? Um, you know, I grew up in Duluth, Minnesota. My graduating class was a fairly large class, five hundred some students. Well over ninety five percent were were white. You know, so I wasn't confronted as much with those kinds of issues of diversity as someone now in high school would be. And they want to know well, what does what does our faith have to do with um, our relationships with people who are different from us? Absolutely, wonderful, so important. So, just sort of expanding on that a little bit. So, what would you tell someone, regardless of age or anything, about what to do and how to go about exploring their faith? regardless of denominations and things oh, like sure. that. What would you tell them yeah. about that? I would, I would encourage them to be open and honest about their, their questions, to find someone they can talk to and, and be open and honest about their questions, and not, you know, not, not be afraid to ask the questions that are on their hearts. I, I, I think the church has not always done a good job of being willing to listen to some pressing questions um, that people ask. 
because sometimes we think, oh, I can't, I can't ask that question because it's too, it, it, somebody might think I have no faith at all if I ask that question. And I, I think to encourage the, the questions and to be honest in the conversation about those questions is really, is really important. Okay. I think you're right, because I know when I grew up, that was never encouraged in my experience when I grew up in the, you know, in the church and everything. It was more like, well, here, that, here's uh, what you need I to could, know, you know, and it's not, yeah, I don't want to hear from you. If I could tell kind of a funny story, I, I was a district superintendent in, in Minnesota in the late 90s, early 2000s, and uh, the, the community in which we lived had just one United Methodist Church, and that's where my family went. And my son was in a in a Sunday school class, and the he he had he was a good he asked a lot of good questions, and the teacher one time went to my wife and said, "I'm really kind of surprised that that your you know your son is the son of a pastor would ask those kinds of questions." <laughs> I'm glad he did. That's awesome. Fair enough. I'm I, I'm glad that he had the courage and the you know all that to go through and ask the yeah. difficult questions. You know, I have a daughter that uh, we adopted, uh, well, I don't know, she's 18 now, so, and she has constantly looked at the faith and then struggled with various different aspects of it and asked the questions, not just to me. Yeah. I mean, you know, dad, dad doesn't have all the answers, and I don't, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out myself, but... You know, she's not afraid to ask those questions of whether it's another pastor or it's other members of the church. And and I think you're right, or Bishop Bard, that, you know, young people today want answers. And they want to see how life and all the things that we experience in life today intersect with our faith. What does it mean? Yes, you know? I think so, too. Yeah. And, and I think there's a good example of that in the, in the scriptures themselves. If you, if you read the Psalms... The emotional honesty in the Psalms is so refreshing. And people are, you know, the psalmist makes some pretty dramatic statements about God. You know, yes, where does. are you? Yes. you know, are, are you asleep at the wheel here? That's a pretty rough <laughs> translation. I don't think there's anything exactly like that. But, you know, look what's going on. Don't you, don't you care? Uh-huh. And, and, I mean, that kind of open attitude, it, it, I think, is really refreshing and important. I do wonderful. I thank agree. you. Yeah, yeah, thank you for that. And and I think that you know it really speaks to the young people, of course. And I think God is honored by honest questions. I, I think so too. Yeah, my God is big enough to handle the, those kinds of questions. Absolutely, absolutely. So let me ask you another side of this whole thing here. Um, how do you think we, or what do you think we need to do to maintain relevancy? Uh, and engagement in our church today, as well as in the future. How do we how do we sure. keep real, and how do we keep people engaged? Yeah, um, you know the 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 church has to be willing to to change, and almost any very particular change you could suggest may be helpful or not. Um, you know, at one point we were all convinced that if we just changed our style of music and quit playing the organ. <laughs> That, that would be really helpful to people. Yes. Um, my, my children are now all in their, uh, their 30s. And frankly, you know, so part of it is they grew up in the church, but they, they prefer traditional styles of worship, at least at times, to, you know, the person mm-hmm. who's up there with the guitar and, and drums. I mean, it just, you know, so I, I think 
and and yet for some people that that's really meaningful. Um, I think so. To, so to prescribe an A, B, and C, I'm not sure I could do that really easily. But again, it's it's listening. It is being willing to to change. It's um, any group of people over time develops certain ways that they do things, and it becomes comfortable. And to be willing to get out of our comfort zones is going to be really important um, as, as we try to find, make sure that um, people of all ages have spaces in our churches. Well, a lot of people don't like that word, you know, to get out of our comfort zone. You know? <laughs> no, they don't. No, they don't. I think in a sermon I talked about the grace of discomfort, and I think there's some good grace and discomfort. Because we don't change. We don't change if we're not uncomfortable at, at times. And we all, there's all, always things in our lives that need some changing. 